0: welcome to following the way we're a podcast that's all about following jesus and learning his way for our lives we believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow we're glad you're with us as we seek together well hello there wherever you are and whenever you're listening i want to welcome you and so glad that you can join us on this podcast. We have been going through the book of Hebrews over the last while and we're going to continue with that in this episode uh, looking at Hebrews 7. And Hebrews 7 is a rather interesting chapter in the book. Um, it gets into uh, a talking about a connection between Jesus and uh, this priest called Melchizedek which had been briefly referenced earlier in Hebrews 5, how it says that Jesus was a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And then the last verse in chapter 6 um, in our Bibles, before it gets to chapter 7, it says that Jesus has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so this raises lots of interesting questions because we, a lot of people are are somewhat confused by this. We're not used to this sort of analogy. Um, We're not used to this sort of connection being made with Jesus. And it's different than a lot of other uh, places in the New Testament. And so I think if maybe you're like me, I know there was a time in my life where when I uh, first read this, uh, the first few times, in fact, I, I was confused and being younger, didn't really understand it, and just kind of thought, "Well, that was that's kind of weird. That's a weird part of Hebrews, and not really sure what to do with that." But when you get into this, and when we begin to dig a little bit deeper, um, there's some extraordinary things here that are mentioned about Melchizedek, and what I want to do, looking at this, is talk about uh, and bring it back to the credibility of our salvation. Uh, when we talk about something, we may say, is it credible? Does an individual have credibility? Is what you believe credible? Or can it be believed? Meaning, is it reliable and trustworthy? And when it comes to faith in Jesus and obedience to the way of Jesus, these are important and worthwhile questions to be asked. And so Hebrews 7 helps us in this regard. We may actually not see it at first, but when we first look, but when we dig a little bit deeper, we find some really phenomenal and great things in this chapter around this comparison between Jesus and Melchizedek. And it says that Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. And it talks about him meeting Abraham. Uh, Abraham had come back from the defeat of some Canaanite kings and he blessed Abraham and Abraham tithed to Melchizedek as a priest. And it says there that this account is, uh, it's a brief account, but it's found in Genesis 14, verses 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, that name means king of righteousness and king of Salem, or, and, and most scholars believe that it's probably referencing Uh, Jerusalem. So he was actually king of Jerusalem at that time uh, means king of peace. Now the writer of Hebrews says and this is where you know there's some interesting things said here that this is what can leave people confused. It says that he was without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the son of God he remains a priest forever. Now what's going on here is that Within the book of Genesis, when Melchizedek is mentioned, there, he there is no mention of where he came from. There's no mention of his genealogy, which was quite um, frequent and kind of common within Genesis. We see this quite frequently throughout Genesis where genealogy and where someone came from and who their father was is quite often mentioned. And so it is a, a very unique uh, aspect of this. What's also interesting is that uh, when Melchizedek meets Abraham, he offers him bread and wine, which, uh, again, another detail that isn't mentioned here within Hebrews, but uh, is very, very interesting given the connection that is made in scripture between Melchizedek and Jesus. Now, who this Melchizedek is is also uh, has been a debate amongst biblical scholars for quite some time. You may have heard that Um, because he kind of comes out of nowhere and there's no genealogy of his mentioned um, there, there is a school of thought that believes that Melchizedek might have been Jesus, a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus on this earth to Abraham. Um, There certainly is some, um, Aspects to what we see of Melchizedek uh, in Scripture uh, in in Genesis, and also the fact that he's mentioned in Psalm one ten, uh, which is a messianic psalm and speaks of Jesus, and that's the only other place that Melchizedek is mentioned besides Hebrews. It's th- there is some things that you could you could see where that school of thought can be claimed, but um, that that is definitely just one uh thought, but the the fact of the matters is, is that he the writer of Hebrews is using this, this reality that that Melchizedek um, is you know in a way um, whether or not he was you know actually Jesus pre-incarnate Jesus um the fact that he doesn't have a genealogy means that he kind of appears in scripture, without beginning of days or end of life. And in that way, he is a representation of Jesus uh, in scripture. And, you know, I think we also need to realize, and, and this is again where we're not used to um, generally the whole thought of Jesus as a high priest or that he is the, the new high priest that serves forever. Um, so this idea that you know he's this high priest in the order of Melchizedek kind of is is strange um, to 21st 21st century Christianity because we don't talk about this we don't talk about Jesus in this light uh, and yet throughout scripture um, clearly uh, he is seen uh, as as this Romans 8 um, references that about Jesus sort of being in this priestly role for us um, and, and Hebrews, I mean, on its own, Hebrews is a great reference point because Hebrews um, unpacks this, and so that's that's what we're going to get into here. Uh, but the writer of Hebrews he he talks about um, how Melchizedek, having been given this tithe um, from Abraham, he he contrasts it against the law. Now, again, these the people who are receiving Hebrews are people who are followers of Jesus, who are Jewish Jewish followers of Jesus, who, again, one of the thrusts of Hebrews is that they were in danger of falling away, of forgetting who Jesus is. And there's this danger of them going back and reverting back to the law of Judaism and, and, and leaving the Christian faith. And so, the writer here is comparing that how the law requires the descendants of Levi um, to collect tithes from the people. And, And this was in the law. But Levi is descended. The Levites, who were the priests of God's people, are descended from Abraham. And so he's saying that Melchizedek didn't trace his descent from Levi And yet, he still collected tithe from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Abraham had received the promises of God and it was Melchizedek who blessed him even though he wasn't from the Levitical priesthood. Now, you go, what do you do with this? And the writer says, well, one one might even say that Levi... The, the, Le- the Levitical priesthood who collects the tithe paid that through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, the writer says, Levi, the, the line of Levi was still in the body of Abraham. It was, it, he, they came from the ancestry of Abraham. And so the writer goes on and says, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, why then was there still another need for another priest to come one that is in the order of melchizedek and again you go well okay the writer of hebrews is saying that why is he saying that and i just want to reference back to psalm 110 because this is where where the writer is getting this from because psalm 110 is a messianic psalm it's it's very much uh, embraced um, by the Jewish people as that. And it says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, that's why the writer's saying, Kate, how does this work? Because why was there one that, that was coming that was not in the order of Aaron. Aaron was a Levite and was him and his descendants were the ones who were ordained to be the priests of God's people. And so the writer of Hebrews makes the point that where when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of the law. Because he of whom these things are said, Jesus, the Messiah, belonged to a different tribe. He belonged to the tribe of Judah. And and the writer says it's clear that he descended from the tribe of Judah. And it's clear that there was nothing that Moses ever said, that God ever said through Moses, about priests coming from the tribe of Judah. And so this is where being in the line of being a priest like in the order of Melchizedek is really, really important. And he says in verse 16, that this one, actually, I'm going to back up to verse 15. And what we have said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, meaning he didn't come from the Levite line, he didn't come from Aaron, but on the basis of the power of of an indestructible life. For it is declared, and then the writer of Hebrews quotes Psalm 110, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And he says that the former regulations that required priests to be from the line of, of Aaron, from the Levitical priesthood, is set aside because it is weak and useless. And he says, and then it says, for the law made nothing perfect, meaning the law can ultimately not save us. It's not, it does not have power to save us ultimately from our sins. It doesn't have power uh, to, to bring us from death into life. And so a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And this is why you go. Well, why does it even matter? Why are we talking about some dude named Melchizedek? What does it matter? Like, like we're talking thousands of years ago. How does that have any relevance to my life? Because it matters. When we talk about Jesus, is the claim that Jesus is able to forgive our sins, that Jesus is able to redeem people, that Jesus is the source of all salvation, that in Him is all the keys to death and life. Everything is in Him. That's why this is important. It matters because that's what this is coming to. It's coming to that Jesus is the better high priest, that he's a priest forever. And it says in verse 22 that Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. And so another way to ask this question or to look at this is that this is talking about the credibility of our salvation. The basis for our salvation is in this fact that Jesus is has no beginning of days nor end of life that Melchizedek was pointing the revelation of Melchizedek in the Old Testament, his introduction, was pointing ultimately to Jesus. And and one of the things it tells us in and this comes from John Stott's commentary on Hebrews is that the Son of God dominates the Word of God in both Testaments, meaning the marks of Christ are clearly impressed on all its pages for those who have the eye to see them. And so it's digging into this that we see how, how incredible this is for the claim that Jesus is our Savior. Because he, he has become a priest not based on any human ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life, which in and of itself is incredible, absolutely incredible. Meaning that by the power of an indestructible life, he lives eternally and thus Jesus can serve as our effective, our only mediator. He's, he's a priest forever. And so what the writer of Hebrews is saying here is that the old Jewish order of priesthood is set aside because of its inadequacy, its weakness, and its uselessness, and its imperfection because the law ultimately made nothing perfect. The saving work of Jesus has introduced a better hope, and it is by this way And this way alone that we are saved and that we come into relationship with God, that we are able to draw near to God. And that's where the writer of Hebrews says there, that there have been many of those priests who came, but death prevented them from continuing in the office of the priesthood. But because Jesus lives forever, because he has the power of an indestructible life, he has a permanent priesthood. And this is where there's sort of like the culmination that, that in this chapter that is just extraordinary for the credibility of the gospel. Because it says, therefore, in light of this, pay attention it's basically telling us he is able to save completely, not partially, nothing lacking. There is this this completeness, utter utter salvation for those who come who come to God through him. It says because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus has made a way. Now when it talks about interceding for them, You know, maybe we get this picture of Jesus always, he's always praying for us, which isn't like, it's not a bad picture. And I think, I think there's, there's something about that. That's okay. As far as, you know, our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, there, there's always this, this continuing presence and relationship that we have access to. But in this sense, it's talking about the intercession that the priest did for the people, and 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 so and we see this because the writer of Hebrews goes on there at the end of Hebrews seven. Such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. Jesus doesn't have to do this. He's not like any other human priest that's ever come before. No, Jesus was sacrificed. He himself was the sacrifice. He laid down his life. He gave of himself once for all. And and in that offering of himself, he became this high priest that ministers on our behalf that intercedes for us that makes intercession that that cleanses us that is able to save us and redeem us and to deliver us from all unrighteousness to cleanse us of all sins because he's perfect he's absolutely perfect and so the writer of Hebrews he he culminates this chapter this this point uh, this section on Melchizedek and this connection to Jesus saying for the law appoints as high priests men who are weak they were human they were frail they had their own sin issues just like us but the oath which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever it was always in God's plan that his son was going to come and was going to be the one appointed to a better covenant, a new priesthood. He's, he's been made perfect and there's, there's nothing that can ever take away that perfection. He has been made perfect forever. He has the power. His power comes from uh, uh, an indestructible life. He's, he, that's his priesthood is on the basis of that indestructible life. He's been raised from the dead, he's seated at the right hand of God and he is there for us. So it's an incredible chapter. I hope that that gives you a little bit more understanding when you read this chapter and going, why why are we having to read about this guy, Melchizedek? Who is he? And you know one level this is again reminding us why uh reading the Old Testament um spending time in the Old Testament having an awareness um of of the entirety of scripture is so important the the early church the first generation Christians they were immersed in the Old Testament and we also really have need to understand it and and so Anyways, I got away from that a little bit, but when we get back to to seeing those connections, perhaps this will help you as you as you read through Hebrews and um, again as you go through this uh, in the future, and you come across this, and and this will make more sense into how the writers, the writer of Hebrews, is connecting this picture of Melchizedek, whoever he was, you know. Um, the various opinions about who Melchizedek might've been, ultimately it doesn't matter because he was a foreshadowing. He was a picture of Jesus who was to come, who is now a priest forever and is there for us and invites us into relationship with God. So be blessed my friends. Uh, Until we see you again, we're going to, next time on this podcast, we're going to get into uh, Hebrews 8 and we're going to look a little bit deeper into um, how the new covenant that Jesus brought, this better covenant that Jesus has enabled and brought, how it's better than the old and what's really the issue there when it comes to the new covenant. So until next time and until we see you again, Lord bless you and Lord willing. We will see you again.